Welcome, everybody, to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your go-to Big Ten football podcast. I'm your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek, joined as always by... This is the happier-than-ever Big Kurt. And this is Jeffrey the Greek, happy-as-ever Big Kurt. Are you on Twitter? Big Kurt on Twitter at B1GKURT. And I am Jeffrey the Greek at Jeffrey the Greek. Uh, thank you so much for listening, downloading. Please keep sharing it. Uh, amazing reactions on Twitter this week like we've never I've never experienced before so yeah. hopefully that means good news for our number of listeners as well probably more interactions this week than probably ever right which led into which was a big week of the weekend man and what the a games were incredible four amazing games yeah. right and four the four five. the four amazing games leads me into uh the first thing to say which is it's the mountain right it's the mountain of college football Okay. And this is how it works. You are either on top of the mountain or the mountain is on top of you. Yeah. There it's, is it's one of no, the other. There is no in between. There's you really either not. feel amazing by the end of the day, Saturday, or you want to scratch your eyeballs out so that you can't watch anymore. Well, just see these Bama fans on Twitter fire Saban. I mean, obviously, again, this is Twitter. It's the dumb of the dumb. They can just like. I did my best right after the game to just not tweet, right? You got to give yourself 12 hours after a loss. Because if you tweet something, there's a very good chance by the time you go back the next day and look at it, you, you, you look Correct. stupid. Yeah. Obviously, Alabama fans utterly lack the, lack the intelligence to pull something off like that. <laughs> they get beat by LSU. They're going to tweet that stuff out. Yes. And and tweet they did. Yes. Yeah. Fire saving. Whatever. Stupid. What? I, I... Mm -hmm. move, move along. Moving into that game, he had more national championships than home losses. Oh, Lord. But I didn't even know that. <laughs> yeah. So now that he's lost, now that they're even, I think, at five, <laughs> time for him to go. Yeah. It's uh, it's over, man. So obviously an amazing. I, I always knew that was never going to work out. Yeah. Saving at Bama. It <laughs> yeah. just didn't seem right, you know? <laughs> so obviously we will get into the games uh, here in just a little bit. The one thing that broke right after like like 12 hours after we finished recording the last podcast is that uh, Chase Young uh is now suspended in some vernacular uh, it appears to be I mean I think it's pretty obvious at this point now that he received some sum of money from some person yep the, exactly he, he, how much money and who that person is we don't know yet and he's admitted as much he admitted as much uh I did see kicking around on Twitter, there is many precedences of something going on just like this in okay. the past. For uh, instance, do you have um, a, a for there instance? was, I do not, I do not have the instance off the top of my head. It was almost the exact same thing where the person paid the money back, wound up getting a two game suspension. Kirk Herbstreet tweeted out that it is a four game suspension that they are hoping to get reduced to two or three games. And then Ohio state's SID came out on Saturday and said, no, that's not true. We have never been told that. So it's still up in the air right now, but oh, the one thing they shooting down Herbie shooting down Herbie. Like it. Uh, but the one thing they said is that they are in conversation with the NCAA and that uh, um, they hope it's resolved here with, within the week. You know, it, it sounds like it's going to be. I would think so. I, and I, I don't think this is going to be a big long-term thing. I hope it's not. And I guess my thing... I, I don't want to get robbed of watching Chase Young play. I, I feel the exact same. And I think overall, even through Big Ten fans, that was their... The, pretty much the common reaction was, this is stupid. I mean, to me, if it's a family member, it's a no-brainer. But even if it's a quasi-friend... Is it that big a deal? I mean, to me, as long as it's not a Ohio State 
employee. You uh, know, well, somebody on the coaching staff, booster, obviously. something like that. Yeah, I mean, I just think we've gotten to the point where, I've, you know, obviously we're moving towards uh, players using their likeliness. It's just, it's ridiculous. I mean, I'm just going to flat out say this one. I was a member of the Iowa football team. I got free or discounted stuff. Did you? Of course. I mean, at the very least, so free Iowa... entrance into a bar. Free entrance okay. into a bar. Is, True. Is, that's is, a thing. That's, I mean, that's stupid. That's stupid. Right, but but you, you received something for free. Sure. Yeah. There you go. Okay. I mean, is this to me? This is like NCAA. This is like one degree worse than that. Getting a plane ticket for his girlfriend to go out to watch him play in the Rose Bowl. I'm calling for the NCAA yeah. right now like to a, investigate in Iowa City. Yeah, I think All I'm right. past the seven. There's got to be a seven year. Is there a seven? That, Damn. I'm pretty sure. Damn. So, anyways, long story short, does anybody really think this is that big a deal and that he shouldn't be playing? This is the least big deal I've ever heard of anybody getting in trouble for Correct. with the NCAA. Yep. And then when I tweeted if, out, if if everything that we think we know is true, good point. If more comes out, correct. 12 hours again after we get done recording this podcast, we get to rescind these uh, uh, takes on the matter. But uh, my tweet that I put out was, if Chase Young was playing for Alabama or LSU, this would never see the light of day. It, it was a popular tweet, I think. Even was people it? outside the Big Ten footprint also And included. let's be honest. Do you really think Ohio State cared that he wasn't playing against Maryland? Well, was it maybe- the timing, you wonder, because if it winds up being a two-game suspension... Maryland and Rutgers is a good time to do it. We'll yeah. get into that I mean, stuff later. You can but... only make things worse by him playing against Maryland or Rutgers. Yeah, like honestly, you can make a point of him being out of those games might actually yes. be an improvement because you want him healthy. Correct. That's a good point. So, okay, we'll move on from that. Let's go into the weekly Eisman. Boy, so many possibilities this week. Definitely. I mean, great performances all around. Start with Brandon Peters, 22 of 42, 369 yards in Spartan Stadium. Wow. Three touchdowns, one interception. Josh Emetrebebe, four big receptions, two of them for touchdowns, 178 yards. Um, Jonathan Taylor, 31 totes for 250. Wow. I haven't even gotten to the Minnesota Golden Gophers. You could go on and on, but the three biggest performances, Rashad Bateman had seven catches, 203 yards, a touchdown. He was, I I mean, he looked like the most, the the best athlete on the field, didn't he? I agree. Unbelievable. Antoine Winfield Jr., are you kidding me? 11 tackles, nine solo, two huge interceptions, but it's, you can't not give it to this guy. His second time this year, Tanner Morgan. 18 of 20. Does that sound familiar? That's about what he had the the other time we gave him the Eisman. 339 yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions. Got to point this out. His adjusted completion percentage is 100%. Because there is a drop. and a a drop, and I think it was like a swatted, uh, like someone hit his arm. So the, the actual ball that came out of his hand was caught. 100% 100% of the time, essentially. And again, these aren't West Coast-style dink and dunk passes, all of them. Of course, there was a healthy dose of quick slants in this game because sure. that's what Minnesota does. No, he's throwing the ball down the field. He absolutely well. is. Launching it down the field to Bateman, to, to Tyler Johnson. That, that throw to Tyler Johnson was amazing. Great catch, too. Could have probably put him on the Eisman watch. 
just an amazing performance by by Tanner Morgan. So apologies for me to uh, Gopher Nation, uh, the suddenly swelling Gopher Nation. Yes. Um, I picked the the other quarterback in this game to be more the gamer. Um, Tanner Morgan wound up proving me wrong. He was the gamer. Dude's got stones. He's got stones, and um, the thing is, is what they they did uh, in the offense. We'll get more into it in the game. Obviously, is they're going to throw the ball up to their playmakers to see if they made plays brother. They made, Oh plays. brother. Did they ever? Yep. So congratulations, Tanner Morgan. Way to go. Tanner second, second week this year. Yeah. Good for him. Your, your I think $20 gift card to Olive garden is in the mail. <laughs> no, uh, no, that's what we just covered. All right, yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, see, see, making fun of me. Once and look you graduate, you want to go, go take that. You want to, you want to vacate this great season for Minnesota. When, Stay away from Big Curry. Okay, Tanner it, Morgan. It, we're holding on to. It's in an escrow, Tanner, <laughs> there and, and it will be there when you graduate. That we, that we can do. All right, so let's go ahead and get right into the games. Whew. First one up: Ohio State seventy-three, Maryland. 14 total yards, 705 <laughs> total yards to 139 by Maryland. Tweet of the day, tweet of the day from my podcast partner at halftime. Ohio State up 42 to nothing. Big Kurt tweets out, well, we got to really see how Maryland responds here in the second half. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for acknowledging that. I mean, I think at that point, the total yards, and I'm not joking when I make this up, I think the total yards were something like 392 to negative 15. It was was that it bad. negative at halftime? I, 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 I know they had, it was, they had it one. Was, it was like midway in the second quarter. That's what the stats okay, were. Okay, they had one yard in the first quarter. I know right, that right. Maryland did. Yeah. Um, you know, 73 is the most points they've scored in a Big Ten game, Ohio State, since 1983. Wow. Yeah. Um, wait. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, no. Hold on. Let me rewind. 73 points, most in the Big Ten game since 1950 when they put up 83 on Iowa. Huh. Okay. How about that? Fun yeah. fact to know and tell. There. I predicted the score to be 63 to 13. I was wow. getting close. Wow. That's pretty good. Not bad, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Why did you think they were going to score 13? <laughs> You know, I just thought it would be more of a just like a cr- end a game, just yeah, garbage just, points, yeah, stuff like that, which is um, what it essentially was. They didn't uh, they didn't put any points on the board because of Tyrell Pigram, their leading passer, four of eight, forty two yards, and an interception. Whew. That was ja- that was the leading passer. That was the leading passer. How for many Maryland. did Jackson? Have <laughs> I, I don't have in front of me here. Uh, Justin Fields, his stat line looks the same every single game. Sixteen of twenty five. 200 yards, three touchdowns. Actually, typically he has four touchdowns. He only has 200 yards because because he doesn't play very. He much. just he just they get him out as don't. Can you imagine him playing in like a competitive game, start to finish, going 100 percent? Right. I mean, it, not it, in bad conditions uh, like against Wisconsin. If there's anything you can say about Ohio State, it's just they they haven't been put to the test. I mean, I think Wisconsin, it was three to nothing with about a minute to go in the Wisconsin Ohio State game uh by the end of the first half. So it was only ten nothing at halftime. So they got deeper into the second but half. I mean, like I'm I'm talking about Correct. they have playing a full game. They haven't had to play a full game. No, because they're that good. Because they're that good. Yeah. Um uh, Master yeah. Teague wound up being the leading rusher. Um but I mean, I don't even know what to say at this point. Like, there's not a whole lot to say about this game. The other thing, if you can knock Ohio State, 13 penalties. 
Come yeah. on, you got to yeah. clean that up. That, that's that's sloppy. That's a, that's that a will thing that right will there. get you in a in a bigger game. So that's absolutely. A good point. Yeah. Um. What did you think of? Uh, to, to me, there's not a whole lot to talk about in this game here. Uh. But what did you think about the Joel Klatt and Gus Johnson exchange about about Chase Young? Did you you didn't you didn't hear that at all? Wow. Okay. I'm gonna read this. Got it up on my phone. What did here. you What did you think about Gus Johnson's coat? He's he's a cool cat, man. What can you say? Gus is the best, right? I love Gus. The coat was crazy. Is there man. any better guy? It's like, to a, call like a, a game? frilly fur coat with lots of color in it. That's you, a, you go, Gus. It's a cool cat. <laughs> All right. So Joel Klatt says Ohio State calls a timeout. This is this is before halftime, right? They're up, I think, thirty-five to nothing. Might have been forty-two to nothing. Maybe it's forty-two. Up. Hold on. Uh, so Klatt says, Ohio State calls a timeout. They had all three of them left, and they will absolutely get the ball back here. Ryan Day pouring it out a little bit here. Gus, it looks personal. Klatt, yeah, this is inter- interesting, partner, with, with what's going on this week. Johnson, remember, Chase Young is from that Washington, D.C. area. Said he borrowed money from a family friend. Who would know about that? And starts laughing. Klatt, this seems interesting. 42 to nothing. Taking timeouts. If they stop him here, they're getting the ball back. They were laughing about the fact that maybe Maryland uh, tattled on Ohio State. Maybe they're the ones that called this is, the This is my wow face. I, yeah. You're kidding so, me. So Chase Young is from DeMatha High School. Sure. And I'd say the one thing that on the, the tweet I put out about this would never see the light of day in LSU in Alabama, the thing that a couple SEC people tweeted back was, yeah, because we don't rat people out down here. Uh, yeah. Okay. I like, yeah, that's actually, that's a thing. I'm sure that's true. So, um, Chase is from DeMatha. Now remember the former DeMatha high school coach is now on staff. He's on Locks's staff. Elijah Brooks is his name. Um, and Locks recruited him when he was at Maryland previously, he recruited Chase Young. He was the lead recruiter for Chase Young when he was at Maryland. I tell you what, I know we're kind of going off of a little bit of rumor mill here, but Locks doesn't exactly have the best background coming into this. Nope. I mean, punching a staffer when he was in New Mexico or New Mexico State, whatever it was. Um, c- dude, this is getting into lead dirt ball in the Big Ten as far as head coaches are it's concerned. It's starting to. You know what? <laughs> I don't know. Do you think there's anything to that? I mean, why would... For Joel Klatt and Gus Johnson, respected dudes, especially... Two. And I don't mean this against Gus Johnson. He's just not as as active on Twitter and, and you know, media and stuff like that. Joel Klatt is. Yep. So he, and he is a calculated, guarded person. Yes. He's not throwing that out there unless there's something to it. There's got to be something to it. Why would they That's say crazy. that if, they're, if they didn't know something? Wow. Um, so let's talk about Maryland for a little bit. You know, I, preseason, I said, come on, they're going to get more than three wins. That was the over-under in Vegas, three or three and a half. They, they, they just have way too much talent to only win three games. Big Ten Network raved in re- when they were talking about the talent at the, you know, skill positions. Okay, so camp tour. So meanwhile, I'm watching this game. I'm like, Jesus, this is this is embarrassing. What 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 a what a what a joke this is. And so I, I go on the 24 seven site. I'm like, OK. Maybe I had maybe it's a little off here. They have twenty four seven has a composite total talent ranking. So of all the guys that are on your roster right now, now granted this is recruiting rankings, they're not perfect, but it's the best we have. Who are the like who are the most talented teams in the conference? They rank them like you know total total talent 
Where, where do you think Maryland falls in that? Fifth. Correct. They are fifth. I guess that, the, right? Fifth in the conference in total talent. Yeah. And they are second to last as far as play right now. Yes. You could say you could throw that argument it, it, out. No, they are second to last. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. They are poorly coached. They're a sloppy, disgusting-looking team. They're dropping seven, eight guys into coverage, and Justin Fields is still just picking them apart. Sure. Yeah. Like, you know what he did? He had a field day. <laughs> Have we used that yet? Did you just... Did you just coin that? Yeah. Good for you. Have we we haven't done that yet? No, that's great. I'm wow. very proud of you. Right ding now. ding ding. Yeah. All Way right, to go, Big man. Kurt. Uh, so with the loss, the Maryland Terrapins fall to three and seven. They are not going to a bowl. Not that we didn't know that already. The Ohio State Buckeyes move to nine and zero. Oh. Next game up, Purdue twenty four, Northwestern twenty two. Total yards, 435 yards of total offense for Northwestern to 345 yards of total offense for Purdue. Most weekends, this probably would have been the Big Ten game of the weekend. It's been absolutely. It's just been a a collection of shitburgers all season long. <laughs> and now we've we're got get, we're getting paid back though, man. Yeah, it's like it's all coming to fruition at the end. Turnovers were even at two. Time of possession pretty even. I mean th- these. Teams look pretty evenly matched. I mean, you look down the stats; it, they're pretty evenly, pretty pretty evenly distributed. The, the one glaring difference is Northwestern rushing for 251 yards versus only 74 for Purdue. As we know, that that's been a problem for them all year, and they're yep. not going to run on a really stout Northwestern defense. Yeah, Kyrie McGowan, boom, out of nowhere, broke that. I think it was about a 75-yard run in the game, and suddenly Twitter exploded. Sweet Jesus, everybody look at the TV. Northwestern just scored a touchdown. Well, not only scored a touchdown, it had been three-plus games since they had scored a touchdown. Um, it, it was They had their first takeaway in over four games on defense, which is hard to believe. But they, they jump out to a 14-0 lead. They had 194 yards, nine first downs, and 10.2 yards per play in the first quarter. I mean... In the previous three games, they were averaging 200 yards a game, and they did that in the first quarter. I mean, maybe some of this had to do with the Purdue defense. defense yeah. But, man. But we even talked last week the Purdue defense maybe wasn't as bad as people made it out to be. I didn't think so, but it sure looked bad in the first quarter of this game. It just it wasn't there, right? In the battle of the Aidens at quarterback, Aiden Smith, 19-31, 184 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. Aiden O'Connell, 34 of 50, of course, 50 attempts. He had 270 yards, two touchdowns, two picks. Uh, the rushing definitely on Northwestern's side. Basically, Purdue came up with enough plays when they had to, and Jeff Brom, again, just willed them to stay into this game, get them into a position. I mean, we're down to a third or fourth string quarterback here walk on right and they're able to go into i know it's a it's a it's a rough year for northwestern don't get me wrong but things haven't been peachy keen for purdue either and for them to go in and get this win again jeff brom i mean well so we said in the in the preview episode as long as the guy's got a decent arm it doesn't really matter who's a quarterback and then kind of about about the same 34 50 you know, he had his troubles. He threw a couple picks, right? David Bell was great in this game, too. Oh, all the touchdowns? Yep. Freshman. Freshman again. All, all three of them. That's going to keep going for the rest of the year unless unless uh, Hopkins catches Bryson's got to step up, man. Yeah. 
Yeah. I love the guy. Yeah. Score a touchdown, buddy. Right, right. <laughs> Come on. We need a senior here. Yeah. Um, so uh, Charlie Kubander hits that doink at the end there, which that would have covered for Northwestern. Yeah. The the line wound up Northwestern uh, negative two. So they had two it, points to cover. They were, they, they, were, were, they were down by one. Down by one. Yeah. So no, and I, they were up by one. They were up by one. Yeah. So Purdue actually was covering at that point. But had he kicked it they don't right yeah and i i had purdue in i had game. purdue as well did you cha-ching. Cha-ching. yeah that was my only cha-ching but that was a good one so um so fitzgerald now keep in mind northwestern you know it's been a it's been a rough season but they, they had kind of the opposite season last year where everything was going right they were doing the right things at the right times to win games fitzgerald said the last last four minutes of that game was just pure discipline Meaning we didn't have it and they had it. Yeah, penalties. Uh, I mean, nine for eighty-six again. I don't two turnovers. I honestly, they win this game if they don't get penalties and turnovers. Absolutely, yeah. I don't recognize this Northwestern team right no, now. No, and again, like I said to a couple of my Northwestern buddies or on Twitter, hey, maybe all the unFitzgerald things have just been, you know, that that was the deal that Fitzy made with the devil. Yeah, from whenever he made it, was they're like, listen. We're gonna give you all the breaks, yeah. all the, but there's gonna be one year where you ain't getting none. <laughs> They're all gonna be focused, and it's gonna be the worst year in the world. And that's that's what we got. Yeah, I, you know, standing down there at the Mississippi Delta with Robert Johnson next to him, chatting up the devil. Yeah, I'm sure that's exactly how it went down. I always picture our brother wear out though in my head when people are talking about making the uh, I, deal I, with the devil. I love you that. Or, oh, absolutely. I yeah. love that scene. Oh God. There's a really good documentary about that movie about robert johnson oh about in general johnson. okay it's uh netflix i'll gotcha. have to look up that the title for you but this is going to go down as the worst season for northwestern since fitzgerald's first one in 2006 which i mean can you imagine saying that last year no after this team winning the west yeah it's unbelievable i mean we, there's got to be um we'll have to look deeper into this either at the end or t- towards the end but winning since conferences have gone to the divisions. Yep. Fair enough. Okay. Yep. I bet you you couldn't find a team that won its division one year. And, and then have dead last. And, I mean, we're talking dead last. They're 0-7 in the Big Ten right now. They've got a chance to, to finish 0-9 in conference. Oh, to go go from winning your division to either 1-8 and or 0-9. and Got to be some sort of record yeah. in, in a, in a uh, in bean counters way. out there isn't boat wagon is our bean counter now. yeah look it up look that up for okay. us a uh, boat wagon but five game losing streak to to northwestern ends for purdue way to go purdue uh by the way jd dellinger that game winning kick was into a strong wind 39 yards so that was that was no small task for him purdue they're still alive for a bowl. What did I say last week? They're still they're they're at Wisconsin, then they're home against IU. And you know, anything tough. can happen. Right. Oh, two tough games. Don't yeah. get me wrong. Yeah. But anything can happen in a rivalry game. That that Wisconsin game is just looking huge to them right now. Yep. All right. With the win, Purdue moves to four and six overall. Northwestern drops to one and eight. All right, buddy. Here we go. Next up, Illinois. Yeah. 37, Michigan State, 34. The Illini with 405 yards of total offense to Michigan State's robust 526. But let's 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 peek a little bit further down the stat line. I feel like I'm bored Illinois, again. Illinois, two turnovers, not great. No. Michigan State, four turnovers, <laughs> three interceptions, and a fumble. 
this is what you don't do versus Illinois. And boy, did Michigan State do a lot of it. Of course, we're talking Remember, turning the ball over. What was our recipe to Illinois winning this game? The only way they could win this game was Brandon Peters having a huge game. He's going to have to go we out and win We said Brandon it. Peters is going to have to look like a quarterback again. We basically pointed to well, who's the week two appointment. Well, he, he, uh, he they, to, they beat, they kicked the crap out of Akron, is right. what we pointed out. Yeah. And then he looked. He looks good in the against UConn. Games, but the fact of the matter is, his stat line was basically seven of eighteen for whatever that yards for the last month or so. Pretty much, yeah. He busts out with a twenty-two of forty-two, three hundred and sixty-nine yards, three touchdowns, had a pick. Lewerke had a decent day too, nineteen of thirty-six, two fifty touchdown, yeah. except for the so Lewerke was really productive. He just happened to make four, and so he also had a fumble for huge mistakes. Yeah. I mean. You know, if Lewerke had played a clean game, they would have won this game. But he was part of the reason that they were winning the game, too. Um, I, I 31, don't... 31 to 10 going into the fourth Correct. quarter. You don't even have to play Brian Lewerke in the fourth quarter and should be able to win that game. Should be able to. Just but, OK. So and, and, and Elijah Collins, 28 carries, 170 yards, two touchdowns. Obviously, the running game was working. Oh, my what, God. What, what, what were they doing? <laughs> what what would you say? You, you do, do here. here. That's pretty. You know what happened? Okay, so they Michigan State was absolutely dominating this game. I mean, uh, I I was writing down notes. Illinois wide receivers can't separate. No running lanes created whatsoever. Defensive line getting pushed around. Offensive line getting dominated by Michigan State's thirty six yards line. rushing for the Illini. Bad bad linebacker play at the start, not at the end. They're getting out athleted. I mean, it was embarrassing. I was ready to come onto this cast and say, you know, three games was fun, but it's all over. Same old Illini. Something clicked. Um, and you know what I kept thinking during the game was Denny Green. Remember that Bears comeback, the most miraculous comeback I think I've ever watched in the NFL. Lovey Smith coached Bears team against Denny Green's Arizona Cardinals. The game was over. It was, it was over. It was just, you know, just – Plow into the offensive line a few times and let's let's go home. Let's get this one over with. And somehow, like punt return, interception return, Bears miraculously won that game. And Denny Green famously, they are who we thought they were. If you want to crown them, crown their ass. I saw the same unraveling that that Arizona Cardinals did by this Michigan State team. It was like they knew it was happening. They were watching it happen and they were helpless. It's like I, I just but, momentum. But what is a, you do. What you don't do is what I should say against Illinois is turn the ball over. Just like we said last week, it ignites their entire team. Absolutely. Everybody takes off. All of a sudden they start taking shots downfield and hit it. This is the best analogy I could come up with. Let's say you're having some kind of house party, you know, and you got friends and old friends and everybody's coming over and Mike, Mike's coming over. Okay. He's like, you know, mid forties, overall jovial guy. Everybody likes having Mike at the party, but just don't, bring up his ex-wife Sheila <laughs> like you know people but, come in like hey hey remember hey you know don't just I mean don't bring Sheila up was Sheila. crazy but yeah you can't bring it just up don't bring, so then all night long you know appetizers you have a nice meal people You're are getting to drink pretty a little drunk too much. people are getting drunk and everything hey, remember when and Sheila then, and then Becky walks up uh, and puts I her arm around Mike and she goes so do you talk have you talked to Sheila lately? Ah, and every, it, it just all hell breaks loose. Yeah. That's what this game was. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, so I, I I was screaming the whole day. 
take some freaking shots down the field. They weren't doing because th- that was what we said in the pregame too, or the the preview. Because the running game wasn't working. No, running. We knew the running game wasn't going to work. The only way to do this, I mean, if the, there's anything you say about this great Sparty defense, is their cornerbacks and defensive backs overall are not what they used to be, right? So you got this big bodied wide receiver Josh, Josh Amata Bebe Matter Bebe four Just catches throw the 178 yards and boy the, the one at the end of the half there first of all Reggie Corbin got totally robbed on a on a ghost uh holding call and and I thought the ref stole one from us I just wanted a little momentum to make it look more respectable and Brandon Peters fires downfield that matter baby on the last play of the the half that that kind of gave them a little spark right a little confidence right Maybe we can do this. Twenty-eight to back. three at that point. That made it twenty-eight to ten going into half. So this is the biggest. Outscored comeback. them twenty-seven to six in the in the second half. Twenty-seven to three in the fourth quarter. <laughs> and then it comes down to you know Michigan State gets the field goal, and I'm like, ah, Kurt's gonna have his you know throat ripped out from him here, heart ripped Which out was, through I was his fine chest. With, by the way, because at least it, they wound up yeah. making it a game. But I want to tell you something. that that fourth down conversion again to a matter baby. Oh. God, so here's another thing. Okay, before I get let's let's put this one up here and hang on to it. James McCourt. I want to come back to it. But Brandon Peters, this guy, for some reason, like when there's when you give him no hope, that's when he plays his best. Like he threw against Eastern Michigan, it was like a fourth and twelve play backed up in his own end zone and throws like a thirty yard completion. It was the same thing. It was fourth and seventeen or sixteen and he threw a thirty yard completion. It's like it, all the pressure goes away when he knows oh, you're not going to succeed. And then he just, that's when he plays his best, which is incredible. Um, James McCourt misses that extra point, right? It would have tied it up at 31. Had he made that, I'm going to go ahead and say it. Illinois loses this game. Loses the game. They lose the game because yeah. they would have been content to to kick a field goal and go to overtime where, where they would have lost. They had to go for a touchdown because he missed that extra point. Like James Giants McCourt, versus the Patriots. Super Bowl had to go down and get the touchdown. It yeah. was actually wound up being a good thing. Yeah. It's one I of mean, those deals. It wasn't a good thing. It was a great thing. First four game Big Ten winning streak for Illinois since? I don't know. Come on. You got to give a guess. 2007? Good guess. Okay. Longer. Back in the 90s? 2001 when they won the Big Ten. Oh, Big Ten sure. champion, Illinois 2001. Um, they only lost one game in the Big Ten that year. It was early on to Michigan, so they probably had, I don't know. Six, seven-game win streak in the Big Ten. 18 years it's been since they won four games in a row in the Big Ten. Biggest and and com- two of these wins are on the road against Wisconsin and Michigan State. You uh, know, no, I'm, Wisconsin was home Wisconsin on the road home, against but Purdue. Still, Wisconsin and Michigan State. So they were 31-point dogs to Wisconsin, win the game at home. They were 9.5-point dogs to Purdue on the road, win it outright. They were 15.5-point dogs. At least I got them at 15.5 win this game. It, what an incredible run here. And it, on the other side of things, uh, it, it, this couldn't be a, a, a snapshot of two teams feeling <clears throat> different about things more between Illinois is, and Michigan State. Which is why I like the 15 and a half, but then I felt like the biggest clown in the first half. Right. I'm, at one point, it's 28 to three, and you're like, oh, that's why that spread is right. that high. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, uh, um, their offense was finally clicking to me. I was writing down like, Okay, this is a get right game for Michigan State. Finally, they 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 get some offense going. Maybe they can, you know, take this into the the back half of the season here. They had a just a brutal run of of opponents. 
This is what they really needed. Oops. Nope. Not what they needed. Cornerbacks kind of got exco- exp- exposed a little bit. Um, Noah Harvey, though. Boy, what a game he played for um, in place of Joe Bocci. He was all over the field. Great, great game. Um, after the 31-10 to 10, uh, period, they punted or turned over the ball on six straight possessions to end the game. That's how you lose this game. Yeah, uh, the some of the fallout that was already happening before and has been, you know, there's been uh, gas run on the proverbial fires. I don't think there's hardly anybody left in the Michigan State community as far as fan base that wants D'Antonio to stay. There's been fire D'Antonio uh, rocks painted on campus. Um, I've seen polls put out. They they overwhelmingly say they want D'Antonio gone. Um, things are things are. They're sketchy right now. You know, you know when you go to uh, like a dinner party, right? Same party we were at earlier. Yeah, same party. <laughs> uh, you're having a good time. Becky's not there though. Okay. She, she's okay. not at this one. Uh, you're having a good time. Everybody's having fun. You're having some drinks, and then there's like <sighs> kind of a lull in the conversation. You're like, well, okay, this has been fun. Let's go. That's that's where we're at with, with D'Antonio and Michigan yeah. State right now. I would say that's the case, but it's like worse. Like somebody shit their pants. Like oh wow Ooh, okay it's it's not it's not a it's not just a break in the conversation it's time for Craig to go Craig okay. you got to go home man you're a little too drunk so <laughs> with the loss Michigan State falls to four and five overall the Illinois Fighting Illini at six and four they are bowl eligible I thought it was cool that Lovey brought an Illini bowling ball into East Lansing <laughs> with them. That was really cool. I so I, I saw that. I guess yeah. I didn't recognize. Okay, that's what that ball. was. Cool. Yeah. And then the big bear hug between uh, oh, that was awesome. Lovey Smith and, and uh, Josh Whitman, the, the athletic AD, uh, director. Big oh. day for both of them. Gigantic day for Lovey. Mm. An even bigger day, I think, somehow, for my podcast partner, Big Kurt. I'm oh, it, you. you know, that Wisconsin win, I said it was probably the most exhilarating win I can remember. I feel better than I did that day. Yeah. Coming back from 28 to 3. This is incredible. Yeah. Hey, by the way, you said on Twitter you were going to streak naked around the quadrangle if they won this game. I did. You do. You you owe us. I didn't, I didn't yeah, know I said yeah, that. You did. So we're just going to have to put that out there. We're going streaking. All right. Next game up, if we have to, Wisconsin 24, Iowa 22. Wisconsin with 473 yards of total offense to the Hawkeyes, 295. So the winning recipe here, we said, obviously, run Jonathan Taylor. So there's no easier recipe out there. They did it. It worked. But I got to say, they've got playmakers on the outside, too, that were that had a great game. Danny Davis and Quintez Cephas. You know, what, what a combination that is to have playmakers like that making big plays and then a guy that you can just hand the ball to and know that he's going to get – 200 yards yeah um I think that basically this game we what we had said in the last podcast was um Iowa could win the game as long as Jonathan Taylor got 125 150 yards of of rushing but don't break off any big runs they held Jonathan so going into the game Iowa hadn't allowed a rush of over 20 yards all season they were the only team in the country with that that streak was still alive until late in the fourth quarter. That was coincidentally when he had like his 42 yep. yard run or something like and that. And coincidentally, that run is pretty much what put the game put the game away. Out, uh, away. So really up to that point, he had just under I think or right at 200 yards rushing mm-hmm. and Iowa had done enough to stay in the game. 
but that was it. That was the straw that broke the, you know, back. And uh, uh, I don't know what to say other than, you know, a lot of blame could go around. I'm, I guess I'm, I apologize, but I'm squarely looking at this from a Iowa point of view. A lot of blame to go around here because certainly you have to look at the defense. You can't give up nearly 500 yards of total offense and 300 yards rushing and expect to ever win a game. No. But the one thing I would say is on the other side, the offense simply does not capitalize. They, they The defense forced a turnover right at the beginning of the game, gave the, the Iowa offense an extremely short field. I think they took the ball over inside the 20, got a field goal so right I, right then and there. I mean, that's that sums it up right there is, yep. is Iowa cannot finish drives and score touchdowns or just this is a, a field goal team. They're just field Correct. goal happy. It's a field goal team. Keith yep. Duncan, did you know this? Broke the Iowa record yep. for field goals in a season with and, 22. And we still got three games left. Still got three games to go. Or four. You know, I mean, that, game. that sums up Iowa's season right there. Uh, the, the the Keith Duncan, I mean, I mean, first of all, you know, tip of the hat to Keith Duncan. Sure. His job is to go out there and kick field goals. And he's, he does it. He's done it. Um, but that stat now is kind of something to, be, to rub salt in the wound to Hawkeye fans because it's like, we needed about six more of those attempts to be touchdowns that he never, you know, Correct. swung his right leg to begin with. Um, then in the second half, Nate Stanley and the Iowa offense down 21 to six. What did they do? They're like, well, we got no choice now. We're going to throw the ball. They and were, guess what? They did. They yeah. got right back in the and it game. was working. Yeah. I, Nate Stanley wound up 17 of 28, 208 yards and two touchdowns. You look over the, the season against Wisconsin's defense. It's one of the better passing games against the Wisconsin I mean I, I feel like they found what they need to do the remainder of the season they do and we should have been doing it earlier Correct. Tyrone Tracy Jr Boy. five catches 103 yards touch the, the dude's a player great game and it's, it's freshman right yeah isn't Fresh, he freshman yeah or yeah uh, the thing is is the Iowa staff and I'm borrowing a tweet right here um the Iowa staff has done a good job of locating talent like they've always done and getting them onto the team. A lot of these are at the skill position players. Now, guess what they need to do? They need to take a page out of other teams' books. And when you have those talented Open it up players, a little bit. Give them a shot Absolutely. To, to go make plays. Because guess what? That's what Wisconsin did. It just happened to be with okay. Jonathan Taylor hand the ball because that's what he does. But Quintez Cephas, too. They're going to make sure they take shots to him. And, and Danny Davis. Danny Don't Davis about as him. well. Yeah, By the way, sweeps. Wisconsin fans, like Iowa fans, have been begging for more touches from the wide receiver all season. They finally got him this game, and it worked out. Now, granted, it was still like a 2-1 to run-to-pass ratio for Wisconsin. Um, Jack Cohen did not look good in this game no it didn't look great um what about that eric burrell huge stop in that two-point conversion yep to nate i stanley. actually for the for the record i like the play call wasn't nate bad. stanley has shown he's shown more running ability straight ahead it's got to be straight ahead by the way it can't be it can't be you know him moving sure. around and, and having well, a, nimble feet That's he's a load who he he's is a, but he's a big boy but I, I they said that they had practiced it during the week. If they got into a two point conversion, that was their play. Well, I have actually called for that play in the past, spread things out and let Stanley. It just didn't happen. I don't know what to say. I, he got to the half yard line. Right. That's that's how it goes. Great effort by him, but great effort by Eric Burrell in that Wisconsin defense. This is the first hundred yard rusher versus Iowa all year, all year long. Yeah, Jonathan yep. Taylor. Yep. Pretty awesome. Um, so AJ Epineza gets that strip sack right, field goal. Yep. Matt Hankins gets the interception, field goal. Yeah, yeah. it's just that's that's. And at one point right when, and obviously we're we're looking squarely at the Iowa offense in this case. The other thing too, 
um, midway through the second quarter, Iowa was moving the ball just fine on the ground. They, they were moving the ball, fumble snap. Ugh. I mean, it was just not only the turnovers, the the timing of the turnovers. It was, just, it's, it was horrible. I don't know. That's what it is. And Iowa fans are left scratching their heads. I mean, the fact of the matter is, over the last three years, um, uh, well, I'll say this. Over the last 10 years, Iowa had kind of gotten the, uh, the reputation of the program to beating big-time teams but then losing focus against poor teams. Sure. It's completely flipped over the last two years, and you can almost say three. They're beating almost every team they're favored to, right. but they're not getting wins against the teams that they're not favored to, and that's that's where the frustration is at. That's a good point. Good, good point. Um, how'd you feel about – I feel horrible. <laughs> that's the answer. I don't know what the With 315 is. left, do yeah. you think they should – a lot of people were saying should have gone for an odd-sides kick. Um, I could see either way on that. Yes, I would have gone for onsides because at Think that so? point, um, I did not feel comfortable with them stopping the running game. Okay. Yeah. So a lot of hate for Brian Ferentz in Hawkeye land right yep. now. Yeah. How, is that justified? Um, yeah, there's part, partly justified. Um, I, and, and the, then the debate is, well, you're looking at the wrong Ferentz. It's, it's daddy Ferentz saying, okay, go for it. Now let's get aggressive. And then Brian Ferentz called a better game after that and then, then suddenly they put the the game into their third year starting quarterback's hands and guess yeah. what he he is like the type of shooter that's a rhythm shooter if it was as a basketball sure. thing boom pop pop screen pop hit yep. he's got to get into a rhythm that's how he is as a passer it's obviously a uh getting running more tempo offense it's something that other Iowa fans have have clamored for. That's what happened in the second half. But we've said in the past that the one way to touch up the Wisconsin defense is over the top. Yeah. How, how did how did Iowa get back in the game? Sure. With that of of their last twenty three plays, twenty were passing. Yeah. They just try, and and you can't do that all season long sure. every game. Obviously, can't you got to go mix full it Jeff in. Brom. But, correct. Yeah. But yeah. So with the win, Wisconsin moves to seven and two overall, four and two in the conference, still very much in the conference race, but they're going to need some help from Iowa, who falls to six and three, three and three overall. Last game up, Minnesota 31, Penn State 26. The Gophers with 460 yards of total offense. The Penn State Nittany Lions. 518 yards, but three crucial turnovers. It was one of those days in Minnesota. And when I say one of those days, one of those days that has not happened in the life of a 50-year-old sure. Gopher fan, yeah. 60-year-old I would Gopher say 60. Fan. I mean, you probably got to go back I, I to I just like... want to preface by saying, this is not me. I'm not trying to take a shot at Gopher fans here. What I'm trying to try to impress upon is... They were celebrating, and they were celebrating big time on the field and in Dinkytown in Minneapolis after the game. They were celebrating at the Liege last night. Yep. Talked to a bunch of Gopher fans of the Liege. It was awesome. They they had been at the game. They'd been on the field. They were just, like, over the moon, as happy as they could be. And they said that. Like, we've been – Each one of them – I just saw reaction after reaction from buddies texting me, um, uh, direct messages, just general stuff on Twitter. The general – tenor of the tweets and text messages was like what do we do how do we i've never been here before this feels so amazing i i i i'm in the same place go for fans i know how it feels a savage uh uh song played uh on the field as they were breaking away yep. from tcf field 
where the lion sleeps tonight. That's right. We, that was, it was well fantastic. played by the um, Gopher PR firm. I just loved watching that TCF Bank Stadium field just filled with Gopher fans afterwards. Yeah. Just partying. What I tweeted out right at the beginning of that game was that I could feel the big game feel. Oh, absolutely. It was coming through the TV yes. screen. I've talked to people that were at the game. They said the same thing. It was electric inside the stadium. Our buddy uh, and podcast listener, Danimal, um, because I'm mostly talking about, by the way, the real Gopher fans that have been Gopher fans for years and years. Sure. Like, those are the ones that deserve this. Absolutely. And I'm I'm sorry. I'm going to get a little tongue-in-cheek here. The Gopher fans that have also texted me and tweeted at me that I have never heard from in my entire life, <laughs> that have never talked college football to me, and they're sending me messages, those people can pound some freaking pretty serious sand. Yeah. Because you're you don't get to you don't get to be a part of this. You you, no. you, have a, you, you didn't go through you're not like Kurt who suffers through every loss, right. you know, that you get to to celebrate That's a, right. a win over Michigan State because you went through that. That's right. But my, you know, my buddy Selesky, my buddy Danimal, the feeling that you can feel th- that, oh my God, this is happening to them. I've had, you know, I've had that feeling tons of time as an Iowa football fan to see them feel that. And because they're buddies of mine, tip of the hat, I'm glad, it, I'm glad it's good for them. Well, and think about how many times the Gophers have been in maybe not quite as big of a game, but a big game comes up, you you start getting excited, the stadium sells out it has a big game feel and they fall flat and i and tell it, you what i mean it was 14 it was uh 24 to 13 at halftime but then penn state came back and then penn state had a chance to win the game in the last moments sure. there wasn't a unclenched bunt in that no, stadium at that point for sure and let's be honest being a minnesota sports fan you have to expect it uh, how you were Vikings, expecting like loss. They, they've got you know I know there's yeah. animosity between the Vikings and the Gophers but there's obviously yeah. it's intertwined with that twins I, Minnesota twins Minnesota fans have told me themselves like this is a feeling that they have I guarantee you they had that feeling towards the end of the game but the big interception st- sealed the game and oh, it's bananas man. um so Minnesota I, the, the one thing that stood out to me is like going in this game I just said there's just too many athletes for Penn State. I, I got to go with Penn State in this game. They're not going to be able to keep up with the athletes. It, Minnesota looked like the better team from the start of this game to the finish. 100%. They, they were the better team. They looked more physical. I would say they looked more athletic. Yeah. Um, I mean, most of my concerns for the Gophers going into this game was because of Penn State's defense. Sure. Front seven. Absolutely. Um, uh, Minnesota if- ran the ball. Pretty well, you know, uh, uh, 121 yards rushing. Enough, yeah. enough, enough. But right. basically, I think maybe the game plan was for for Kirk Chiroka. Damn it, I never get. It. I can't. It's not I say Soraka, but Sor- it's not. It's but it's not Soraka. Yeah, we'll, we'll hear from uh, Gopher. I, I had that pronunciation down at one time, and, and you lost just, it. And I've yeah. lost it. But anyways, I think pretty much the game plan was we're going to run the ball enough. To keep, you know, sure. the, the proverbial keep to let us pass deal. But when it was time to throw the ball. Now, what got interesting is in the second and third quarter, they were not, I'm not trying to just run out the clock, but to a certain degree, they got a little bit more conservative. Well, that's, that's what got Penn yeah. State back in the game. You think so? You think that's 100%. what led? Okay. Yeah. Along with the fact PJ that. PJ got a little conservative there. That's yeah. kind of his, the way he plays it though. Yeah. Uh, but again, Tanner Morgan, uh, 18 to 20, 339 yards, three touchdowns. Sean Clifford 
had somewhat of a good yeah. stat line. He had 340 yards and a touchdown, had a little bit of running uh, carries as well, but three interceptions, and the interceptions were – they were bad picks. Huge. And the one thing I would say about Clifford, by the way, shout out to our insider Perkins. Uh, he was at the game. Yeah, he was. Um, so I feel – bad for him There's a lot of a lot of listeners at the game there was from, a lot of listeners and that was awesome thanks for the feedback from everybody that was doing it so i feel bad for him he flew all the way out here to see some friends go to the game well, at least he saw a great game loss. he did see a great game um but uh, the one thing i would say about clifford that he needs to clean up on is is you know the whole proverbial uh you can't go broke taking a profit he he tries to go for the home run ball yeah. too much. He's got a he's got play within the system. Yeah, he's got a little too much cock and balls <laughs> in his game. He's got to do some checkdowns every now and then. And that's what's going to help out. The other thing too is you can tell. Obviously, I mean Pat Fryermuth was just a beast in this. I game. figured he'd have a big game, and he did. He did. Yeah. Um, Hamler had a great game too. But right now, Penn State is searching for a second and third receiver that they can trust because right now it's it's all it's all Fryermuth and and Hamler. That's been enough for them. But in this game, with with um, uh, Minnesota's ability to stress you both on the ground and especially through the air. They just kind of got caught in a caught in a whirlwind. Speaking of stressing you through the air, you know, I, I, I'm going to go ahead and say I was wrong. I, I, I think I admit usually when I'm wrong on this podcast. This is another time. This offensive line has come so far for for Minnesota. Didn't look that good early in the year. Um, we we've said I, I have time to and time again. I have to admit it too. They did way better versus Penn State's pass rush than I thought they were going to. I absolutely. They gave up two sacks. They they generally created a good pocket for Tanner to to throw from and feel comfortable from. I just I really doubted PJ's philosophy with this offensive line. Like bigger is better. Just get the biggest guy you can find. Throw him out there. Well, you got to move too to play offensive line. Somehow they're making this work. And credit to PJ Fleck. Um, his 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 whole system right now is working out. They looked like the better coach team. They looked like the better discipline team. They were executing better, and this scheme that I doubted is working. Yeah, it. I mean, I guess the scheme I I haven't doubted that much. I mean, it. They've won a lot of games with this scheme. The part of the scheme that is working good is that it's it's built from the inside out. Yeah, I, I mean. That was that was what made me the most nervous because I felt like they just weren't there yet. O line and D line, absolutely. I Their still D line looked great too. I still don't know how they're doing it. I don't but either. Their O and D line looks better. I know. It, I know. I mean, PJ Fleck is he is squarely in the crosshairs for Big Ten Coach of the Year, and I think he might be for National Coach. Oh, of the Oh, you have to consider him for National well. Coach of the Year. Yeah. I mean. You know, we we give him a lot of grief on this show. Yeah, we we're gonna probably keep calling him Boat Boy. We'll keep calling him Boat Boy. Yeah, we got to stay steady. I mean, you know, whether you like his shtick or not, I don't. You can, I don't either. Right. But you don't have to like it. The guy results is a matter. Great head coach. Yeah, results matter. Nobody him, can deny that. Him at this crowd point. surfing into his team in the locker room afterwards. I mean, those are the things. Like when I watch that, and I'm not seeking these things out. Twitter just beams it into your brain, whether you want to see it or not. But those are the things. Again, when you're winning games. I've been there, you know, as an Iowa fan, yeah. just going on streaks and winning big games. That's the fun stuff that suddenly comes out, and that's what Gopher fans got to experience yesterday. Absolutely. Yeah. And the experience they did, they loved it. Um, okay, one thing I got to bring up here. James Franklin goes for that two-point conversion. You realize that lost the 100%. game for him? And I text, or tweeted out at the time, I don't like that. 
Bad call. So I'm always against chasing points before the fourth quarter. Correct. If it's a super low-scoring game, okay, maybe you can consider it. This was not a super low-scoring game. So he chased the two points, didn't get it. So it would have been, towards the end of the game, 27 points, right? They had to go for the field or the touchdown instead of a field goal at the end there because um, they were down by five points at the time. So they had to go for the touchdown. Right. They were forced to. Right. If they had 27, they could have kicked the field goal. Then it would have been 30, 31 to 30. And at the end there, where they were down in Gophers territory, they could have kicked the field goal Correct. to win to the, the game. game. Yeah, and they got in a field goal range. They were in field goal range. Yep. James Franklin lost the game by making that call. And uh, one thing that uh, Penn State fans, even the most you know, and uh, hold positive, on, I, I want to say, doesn't take away from what the Gophers did. They they played the better no, game. No, I don't think you're saying that at all. The one thing that even the most you know uh, hard line. Uh, Nittany Lion uh, supporters is that James Franklin's in-game decisions make them nervous. That that was the thing coming into this year. It has been completely masked or just improved upon throughout the year. And obviously yeah. when you get to uh, uh, 8-0, you're going to have that. Um, that was something that was brought up where I don't think Penn State should be ranked number four because James Franklin is their coach. That's, that's what a lot of the mostly mm. Clemson naysayers we're saying going into this game, okay. um, it reared its head yeah, in, it this, in this game, and that's all there is to Horrible it. It's, decision. it's like sometimes he he just tries to make a splash too big. I don't know what to say. Like just just get a card, James, absolutely, and follow the card. Take the decision making process out of there because he's an amazing CEO for recruiting and just the overall face of the absolutely. program. It's that's the part that hurts. He needs a little helper at his side all the time, saying no, 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 don't do that. Yeah, just, just take the, the point. nerdiest guy you can find yep. on campus. Nerdiest guy, just, yep, nerdiest yeah. guy in his staff, whoever yep. that guy is, yep. somebody that's going to be like an actuary. In, in you know, like a, a fourth year senior or something like that. I'm sorry, James. The chances of that working out are 0.2%. All right. With the loss, the Nittany Lions fall to 8-1 and one overall. With the win, the Gophers move to 9-0. and oh. So that gets us into the Week 12 uh, rankings by Saturday Tradition's own Dustin Schutte. Number 14, I mean, do we just... Do we have to keep saying that? I think you probably start at 13. All right. So 13 is Maryland. And I tell you what, they are getting closer to the Rutgers line right now. They they are not only looking bad every week, they're looking worse every week. Yeah, absolutely. They're, they're catching up. And then nipping on their heels is Northwestern. Yeah. I would still give Northwestern the nod over Maryland because Uh, they do have a good defense and they have pride. Yes. In the program. (laughs) <laughs> that's uh, big right uh next up boy who'd have thought this michigan state at 11 at four and five wow. i would still put them a notch over northwestern and maryland i mean they still have a chance to get to bowl eligibility at four and five but wow things are just looking tough. not a lot of confidence right now in yep. east lansing uh and i think i would put nebraska a step above michigan state right now um they're close but yeah but probably interchangeable also four and five they were idle last week obviously uh, Purdue hanging around, right? Four and six. Yeah. And still, hey. like I said, po- possibility of a bowl game. Not giving up. Yep. Got to give uh, Jeff Brown credit. So now we do a hard line, right? Those are all the so. teams that are struggling or have struggled for the most part. Then we have got eight teams in the Big Ten that if you don't bring your lunch pail and show up to the field, you're going to get your butt stung, yep. right? I and, think I'm, so. and I'm saying whether you're a Big Ten team or somebody playing out of conference. Yep. Number eight right now, 
the six and four fighting Illini. That's, 100%. Yep. You got to put them at eight. What do, you, what, do you, what do you don't do versus Illinois? Don't turn the ball over. And if you do? Shame on you. And that's why they deserve to be at eight and in that Correct. group of teams in the Big Ten where you better watch out. Uh, I'm going to disagree with this. I'm just going to make my own right here. I would put Iowa at six and three at seven. Um, inconsistent on offense. The defense still very good in my mind, but I think if you have a strong enough running attack, you could attack them. I would then put Indiana at six. He's got him. He's got Indiana there. at seven. He's got Indiana. Oh, at seven I would definitely put Indiana. Yeah, above. I mean, I was Indiana sitting there at seven and two. Iowa six and three. They got a better record, and I mm-hmm. would trust overall Indiana's offense yeah. more. Not that Indiana's got the greatest defense, but I think they're 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 feisty enough to get right. the job done. Uh, at five, this is where we're getting into some pretty darn good teams here, and I think both Iowa and Indiana are pretty darn sure. good teams too. Michigan at seven and two, idle last week. Yeah. Let's not forget though they're, they have been looking stronger and stronger, been getting better all year. Yep, Wisconsin at number four, also seven and two. Got to place them in front of Michigan. They beat the tails, right? It'll beat the brakes off them. Uh, not that long ago, number three now, Penn State, eight and one. We're talking yeah. about a team that's the third best team in the conference coming into this weekend was the fourth best team in the entire country per the college football playoff committee. Yep. And then number two, I mean, this is without debate now. It's the Minnesota Gophers. They're, at they're clearly number two. They're they're alone at number two. They're in their own little stratosphere right there. Yep. They are. They're playing their best football right now. They literally have gotten better every single week of the season. Correct. And they're playing their best right now. So then Ohio State, obviously, uh, at 9-0, and ranked number one, which gets us right into the college football playoff oh, yay. talk. Yeah. Um, so uh, it's going to be interesting. Not the first three spots. The first three spots, we know. It's going to be – and I'm gonna. it doesn't matter which is one, two, and three. That's the other thing. It doesn't matter. It who. doesn't. But LSU is going to be number one. They're going yes. to move LSU up to number one with Correct. the win. Ohio State number two. It's going to make Ohio State fans upset, but doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter that that much. And then um, uh, it especially Clemson. doesn't matter one and two, right? Really? No. I mean, it, it matters a little bit going from two to three. Yeah, but, a little. Uh, then Clemson will be third, right? Then after that, it's helter skelter. Um, so here is the thing, and our boy Dustin Shooty is he, he's spicy Shooty. That's yes. the hashtag spicy Shooty. <laughs> It's already he's already had it going last night and into today. And what he is getting, you know, a little bit animated about is why is it that Minnesota is already being considered not to be a, a contestant for the fourth best team in the country? They've got a better They're win. They're nine and zero, and they've got a huge win on their resume. Point at better and, win than Alabama has. Right. So I think it's pretty much generally considered better win than Clemson has. Better win than Clemson has. Yep. Clemson at least though is. Uh, uh, undefeated, undefeated, sure. and they are, they are just plowing people. Yeah, I know they're killing for like, right now. Like, I, I mean, I don't think I'm besmirching uh, Minnesota fans when I say Clemson deserves to be third. True. Okay, I, I'm just saying that but Minnesota we, has a resume now. Minnesota has a resume now. So then we are looking at Minnesota with teams like Georgia, Alabama. First of all, Oregon, all these two lost teams. This nonsense. They're going to be above those teams, right? If, they, if there is a two-loss team, which I would be looking at, what, Florida and Auburn? Yeah. If they are ranked behind Florida and Auburn, 
And it pains Riot. me to say this. I am not a gopher fan by any stretch of the imagination. Neither am I. Burn it up. Just just tear it down and burn it up. Absolutely. I mean, that would be ridiculous. So it will be okay. interesting to see. Like, I don't know exactly, but my guess is they will put Georgia at four, even with their even worse looking loss to South Carolina. South Carolina got beat by App State. Yes, they over did. The weekend. Yeah, they did. So that loss went from bad to awful because yeah. Mich- because South Carolina is not very good. It, you know, it, by the committee's own rules, by their own precedent, you cannot put George at four. Because of the ugly loss. Right. Absolutely destroyed Ohio State, right? Twice. It kill, it killed Ohio State twice. Right. And by the way, losing to f- Iowa – Dang nabbit, that was a freaking actually eight, pretty eight and five good team, team that year. You know, <laughs> South Carolina looks awful. But they just didn't like And yeah, how... I just said dang nabbit. I, I dang try nabbit. not to swear so much. But, um, but they and just Purdue didn't... was a bowl team too. I don't think South Carolina is even going to go to a bowl no. right now. You're losing it's at home like that. Ugly, ugly loss. It is an ugly loss. So then I'm, I'm cam- and Alabama has no resume. No, I'm campaigning so, for the Gophers at number four. Well, and or higher than those teams potentially. Oregon also could be up there. Oregon, Oregon's loss. They have a loss. It is a quote, it's a good unquote, loss. Good loss. It's a close loss to to Auburn. Utah, but here's would the, be right there too. There's their loss was sure. on the road at USC. And here's the weird thing about this committee. I mean, there's many weird things, but they it feels like they give they they give more credit to a good loss than to just winning a game. That's the worst part of this entire system. If we didn't make that exceedingly clear in the last podcast, you just nailed it right yeah. there. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll go, see how it, go where it goes. Go first four. They, yeah. That's where they belong. And then the last thing I want to see is um, I'm guessing Iowa will drop out. I, if that's the case, and it could be either way, these aren't uh, mutually you know exclusive things. I hope Indiana gets in. I do too. 25 at least. Get yeah. them in there. Seven and they two. They deserve it. Playing in the toughest conference. And I'm going to say toughest, it, the toughest conference in, in Toughest football? division yes. in football. Dang right. Last up for predictions. Okay. okay. What do we got? What do you think the spread is going to be in Ohio State Rutgers? Oh, good Lord. Well, so Keep we in saw- mind, Maryland beat Rutgers 48 to 7. Oh, Lord. It just got okay, beat by on. Ohio State hold on. 73 to 14. So the Ohio State versus Maryland spread was 42, right? 42. They covered it. It was the biggest. Yeah, by the way, I I, I picked that. Did you, you really? You, well, you, you you took the. I took yeah. I took Maryland. I yeah. thought, no. Do you remember on. what I said? I go. What have, how confident are you going to feel if it's 35 to nothing at halftime that they're going to, it was 42 to nothing. nothing. Um, They covered the spread at half. Um, But that was the biggest Big Ten spread since at least 1980. And it's going to get usurped one week later. I mean, could it be over 50 points? We're taking a guess, right? Okay. If you got to at least add a touchdown to that 42 point spread. I'm going to go 51. I didn't say I was 52 was the number in my head. Okay. Yeah. We're going to be close. It's going to be the biggest power five Ohio spread State, whatever ever. it is, whatever it is. But is am I? It's going to be the biggest spread ever. It's got to be uh, at least in, for in for, conference for conference play P five versus P five. It has to be. This it's, is going to be the biggest spread. There's got to be a record. And basically, what we have is what could potentially be the greatest team of all time in the Big Ten <laughs> playing potentially the, the worst, worst team. team of all time in the Big Ten. Oh man, fifty two points. It's going to be. Is that, our, is that our final answer? That's mine. Uh, you, uh, I'm going to 51. You go 52. Okay, we'll see. So if it's over 52, I win. If it's under 51, you win. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's all I got. That's all I got. All go right. Illini. I am Jeffrey the Greek. I'm Big Kurt. This is the Eyes on Big Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Bye. <laughs>